Welcome back to the Native AZ Sports Show, brought to you by Patak and Dalton. Tonight is Monday, January 29, 2024. Tonight is a solo episode, just going to be Patak on the call, talking Diamondbacks, talking off-season updates, where they stand two weeks before pitchers and catchers report in the middle of February, about a month out from spring training starting. How is the Diamondbacks roster looking? What are the updates that have been made? Uh, and we'll go from there. So the big one, obviously, that we have seen in the last week is that the Arizona Diamondbacks signed a designated hitter. They signed Jock Peterson, who was recently with the San Francisco Giants for the last two years. As you remember, Jock Peterson also played for the Braves. And of course, he was the hated Los Angeles Dodger for a long time. Jock Peterson is a left-handed hitter who crushes right-handed pitching, but is terrible against left-handed pitching. He is not good defensively. He is limited in his role in terms of what he's going to offer the Diamondbacks because he's a designated hitter only, he's a lefty only, and he only hits right-handed pitching. He really can't play against lefties. And when uh, it gets deep in a game and he's still in the starting lineup, when a righty goes out and they put a lefty in there, they're going to be targeting Jock Peterson with lefties. Uh, So it's something to watch. I like the signing. I don't love it. It's really not my favorite. I wanted them to go get J.D. Martinez or Jorge Soler or even Justin Turner. I love the Reese Hoskins Hoskins idea. He signed for two years, $34 million with the Milwaukee Brewers. I would have paid Reese Hoskins that. I think he's worth it because you get a really good designated hitter. I know he's coming off an injury, but he's really good. Uh, Hit 30 home runs, I think, you know, two years ago. And he can play first base. Christian Walker still does not have a backup first baseman really that can play when he doesn't play. Jake McCarthy sometimes has played first. I know some other guys have played first, but I I don't understand. It's just not my favorite move. I think it's going to still be okay because he can crush right-handed pitching, and it was cheap. It was cheaper. So he signs for one year, $9.5 million, and the second year is $14.5 million. It's a mutual option, which means Jock Peterson and the Diamondbacks both have to agree at that number that they're coming back. So Jock uh, could say, I'm not taking the option, walk away, but he would get $3 million additional dollars guaranteed if he walks away. So if Jock Peterson is not back, the Diamondbacks are on the hook for about $12.5 million. So let's break down who Jock Peterson is, okay? Uh, he hit in 121 games in 425 plate appearances. He had 358 at-bats. He had 84 hits, uh, 14 doubles, 3 triples, 15 home runs, 51 RBIs. He hit 235 with a 348 OBP, 416 slugging, 764 OPS, um, you know, he had a, a limited uh, war, which is wins above replacement. His war last year, I'm trying to find it really quickly. I think it was like 0.5, something like that. It wasn't really that great. But he had some really good underlying uh, metrics, what they call in the advanced batting metrics, which are batted ball, um, you know, barrel rate. What that means is how well does he square up the ball? How well is he hitting it? Remember, he played in San Francisco the last two years, which is undoubtedly a pitcher's park. Two years ago in San Francisco, when he actually made an all-star team, he had he played 134 games. He had uh, 23 home runs, 70 RBIs, and you know he does walk a decent amount, which is nice. So Jock 
it, probably you could you could factor his projections could go somewhere in the 20 home runs, 60 something RBIs, and he projects to be better than Tommy Pham. He at least as good as Tommy Pham, if not better than Tommy Pham. Jock is not that fast. He's a little overweight. He doesn't run extremely well, but he does get on base and he is one of the better uh, hitters against right-handed pitching. There are some, you know, uh, stats that I've seen that say he would rank out <clears throat> as the number third best hitter on this team against right-handed pitchers. So this is from Jesse Friedman. Um, when Peterson is doing the things he's best at, batting against right-handed pitchers, he is a real asset. In 2023, the 31-year-old slash 241, uh, 351, 435 against righties. His 115 weighted runs created, that's an advanced stat, against righties in 2023 would have ranked him third on the Diamondbacks, trailing only Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte. Uh, so, you know, it, it definitely is something that Jock can get on base. Jock can hit right-handed uh, pitchers. And the NL West is all right-handed pitchers minus a couple. So Jock is definitely going to fit in in terms of you know, hitting right-handed pitchers in the NL pretty well. It's not going into the off-season or going into the new season with like Evan Longoria as designated hitter. It's not going in with Jake McCarthy or an unknown player being the designated hitter or Kyle Lewis. I'm glad they didn't at least go that cheap or that inexperienced because the Diamondbacks are pretty all in. They've had a pretty good off season, right? I mean, they've they've traded for Eugenio Suarez, right? So they upgraded at third base. They got a good power hitting third baseman. He strikes out a ton, but he's a pretty good defensive third baseman. So they upgraded at third base. They go get Eduardo Rodriguez as a number three pitcher who's a lefty. They now have a formidable top four in the rotation, and Tommy Henry's coming back as the number five. So they've got a nice mix of righties and lefties in their starting rotation. The bullpen is decent, and they're actually still looking to make upgrades, possibly at catcher, possibly with reliever, possibly an infielder or an outfielder, a platoon guy. So they're not done yet, which I like. And that might be the only saving grace of the fact that they didn't go all in and spend the money on J.D. Martinez or Jorge Soler is that they might add another one or two players that can be good depth guys for this team. Uh, it, will be, it will be challenging to see J.D. Martinez and Jorge Soler sign elsewhere, especially if they don't sign for more than $17 million a year. I just feel like the, the fans were so excited to go get J.D. Martinez back in a Diamondbacks uniform. They were so ready to, to be pumped up to have a J.D. Martinez reunion, a 30 home run guy, 100 RBIs. Uh, even if he has a down year and he's 25 homers and 80-something RBIs, that's still a great bat in the lineup. Uh, Jorge Soler hit 36 home runs last year for Miami, and you just feel like... Soler is probably going to get something like $20 million a year. You know, Matt, this, this has been a boring MLB offseason so far. It's been really slow. It's been really uneventful in a lot of ways. It hasn't really opened up yet. And it's crazy because we're two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. So I have to think the hot stove gets hot in February for baseball and you start to see a lot of these guys sign. I mean, Blake Snell is unsigned. Matt Chapman is unsigned. Cody Bellinger is unsigned. You know, there's just a lot of really good pitchers that and players that are unsigned. And uh, Jorge Soler, J.D. Martinez, Justin Turner. There are a ton of guys that are going to be good players that are still not you know, on major league rosters right now. So the Diamondbacks decide to be proactive and go get Jock Peterson. Interesting as they look towards the future, right? In 2024, 2025 offseason, so 
when the next offseason, when the season is over, uh, they have an interesting decision to make. Okay, so they're going to have, um, you know, Eugenio Suarez has a club option. Jock Peterson will have a club option. Uh, Merrill Kelly will have a club option, and Scott McGuff will have a club a mutual option. So <clears throat> the club option for Eugenio is fifteen million. Jock is fourteen million. Merrill Kelly is seven million. McGuff is four. I have to think that the Dimebacks are going to pick up uh, Merrill Kelly for sure at seven million. To be determined on Jock Peterson how well he plays. If he plays well and he hits twenty something home runs and he's a really good bat, I could see him sticking around one more year. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, I could definitely see sticking around another year. Then there's 2024-25 free agents. So this next, when you know, when the season starts and ends, Christian Walker is a free agent. Paul uh, Seawald is a free agent. Jace Peterson, Miguel Castro. Pretty sure they're going to not pick up Jace Peterson or Miguel Castro at this rate. But Seawald and Walker, I think you definitely got to extend Christian Walker for another couple of years while this team is building for the future, but also in win-now mode as the timeline was accelerated with the World Series appearance. Christian Walker is not really slowing down much. He had a great year in the regular season. He had a brutal postseason at times, but I still believe in Christian Walker. I think he's one of the best players on this team. And until there's an absolute upgrade that's young, um, maybe Yvonne Melendez that comes up, you know, I don't really know of a, a first baseman that also can play the defensive first baseman. Christian Walker does. So Walker's a free agent. Seawald is a free agent. I'd like to maybe have Paul back for another year or two after this season as not the closer. I think Ginkle needs to be the closer. But Seawald would be a nice seventh or eighth inning guy going forward in the future. So that's kind of going to be interesting stuff to monitor, you know, as we go through this whole entire season, right? Um yeah, so the other factor I want to talk with the Diamondbacks in as we go into this season, the, one of the biggest questions that I think a lot of people have is what is Jordan Lawler going to be in this league? He's super young. He's super talented. The kid has an unbelievable glove. He's got great range. He's fast. And he had the most uneven, un, you know, predictable, n- no rhyme or reason to when he got to bat rookie season for the last two months i think you can throw in the garbage anything that jordan lawler did at the plate last year but you saw his instincts take over in the field and you see a superstar i see a star defensively at shortstop at a primo position um, at the very least at second base and lawler could probably play third base shortstop or second base and that to me is the x factor and what will be very interesting to watch as we go into this year can jordan lawler push the envelope is he ready is he going to start in triple a should he start in triple a i personally think jordan lawler should have a few months in triple a april may june going into july let him just rake in triple a let him get his confidence and then bring him up again and then but i don't want to do this platoon thing where you only let him play once every other day random pinch hit you know they didn't do that with corbin carroll they brought Corbin Carroll up and they let him take his lumps and he, he didn't really take a lot of lumps. He kind of came out the gate. So I think they have to, that is going to be the hardest thing that the Dimebacks have to face because as of now, they don't really have an opening for Jordan Lawler to play unless people get hurt. Eugenio Suarez is the everyday third baseman. Perdomo's the shortstop. Cattell Marte is the second baseman. Walker's the first baseman. So, you know, in theory, 
if he's ready to go, his talent should take over. He could be the backup third baseman, shortstop, second baseman, and the backup designated hitter. I don't think you'd want to waste Jordan Lawler in the lineup as a designated hitter because he's so good defensively. I think you could probably do something like this. When he takes over for Cattell Marte at second base or you move Perdomo over to second base, maybe this season you let Cattell play less at second to preserve his hamstring, preserve his health to go towards the the postseason, right? And you let Cattell Marte platoon at DH from the right side of the plate where Jock Peterson is the left-handed DH and you let Cattell get 30 or 40 or 50 games at designated hitter as a righty. And then you put Perdomo at second and you let Jordan Lawler play 40, 50, 60 games as a backup, right? When Cattell Marte is in as a designated hitter. That might be what they do, and that wouldn't shock me. I, I could see them potentially deciding to let Eugenio Suarez and Cattell Marte take rips at designated hitter when Jock Peterson um, is facing when it's a lefty on the mound and they want a righty at the DH spot. And so you could see something like Jordan Lawler be the everyday regular utility guy that plays third base. He plays shortstop, second base. I'm not exactly sure if that's smart. What they might do is they might say, Perdomo, you're the guy that's going to move all over. And then um, Perdomo plays third, Perdomo plays second, and Jordan Lawler is the shortstop. And then when when Suarez or uh, Marte are platooning at DH on the right side, and one of those guys are out, Perdomo slides over to third or second, and Lawler is a shortstop. Jordan Lawler is the everyday shortstop of the future. I hope he is, because that's how high we drafted him. I mean, he's a first-round pick. I think he was a sixth pick out of high school. He's dominated you know, in, in the minor leagues up until this point. Jordan Lawler has upside at, in some way, 80%, 90% of Corbin Carroll, maybe even almost as good as Corbin Carroll, hopefully. Uh, that'd be a tall task, but this kid has big-time potential. The Dimebacks cannot do this wrong. Like They can't stifle this kid's growth, so they have to really nail his development. Um, Drew Jones is obviously a few years away, but same thing with him. He's hopefully the everyday right fielder of this team uh, in three years. So they've got some a lot of young talent still in the minors, and it's going to be very fascinating to see what does Mike Hazen do in the next three years with this club. What does Mike Hazen do? Does Ken Kendrick get antsy and say, I need you to start trading top prospects so that we go get win now players because we've got a three-year window to win it all? You know, uh, do, do they play for the future still and keep trying to develop these young players, which I think they should do? We have to win like the Houston Astros and, sign, and, and Braves and sign guys to long seven- and eight-year contracts. We said it last year, last season, and nothing has changed for me. The World Series appearance is amazing, and it would have been incredible to win a ring. They didn't. They they accelerated their timeline, but they can't lose sight of the fact that we are a a big city in population size that has a mid market fan base and almost a small market fan base at times with with attendance and revenue. And we're hopefully getting to be a mid market, uh, you know, franchise. We'll sell more tickets, but until the 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 stadium is really selling out, until the corporate sponsorships are bigger and the merchandise sales are way up, you know this team doesn't have the financial capacity to spend with the Dodgers and the Mets and, and all these big teams. So they have to be smart about the extensions they give out and the players they lock up long-term. I think they've done a great job of getting bridge players for the next year or two while they're in this contention window, while the young talent is catching up. 
the Suarez pickup, right? Then you got Eduardo Rodriguez on a, th- a four-year deal. That's a longer-term contract, but he helps you win right now while also being somewhat young enough to be for the future. You know, Jock Peterson, he's a win-now player. That's a one- or two-year contract. I did like that in a lot of ways. Um, he was It was a solid pickup, especially now if you consider... I like Jock Peterson more if I know that Marte or Suarez is the right-handed designated hitter and that Lawler is ready to go playing 60, 80 games this year in, in a capacity that he can be the back, you know, backup shortstop, hopefully soon to be the everyday shortstop. I love Perdomo. I think Perdomo is a good player and a guy that I might even sign long-term to a four, five, six-year contract as a super utility guy. But if Lawler hits his ceiling, Jordan Lawler will start over Geraldo Perdomo every day. He'll be a, the better player. He'll, he's just going to be much better offensively. I do like Perdomo. I think he could be that super utility guy. Third base, shortstop, second base. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, you got to like what the Dimebacks did this offseason, right? You know, they they upgraded everywhere. They had a terrible third baseman. Evan Longoria was washed. He was below average at best. They got a, a, an above average third baseman. He strikes out a ton, but he hits homers. Jock Peterson is probably better than Tommy Pham at DH. Probably has a decent little bounce back year, and he might hit 20-plus homers. So they got another decent bat in the lineup. And this, look at this lineup. Corbin Carroll leaning off. Cattell Marte batting second. Third is maybe Gabby Moreno, right? Or Lourdes Gurriel. Number four, Christian Walker. Number five, probably Lourdes Gurriel or Gabby Moreno in that range. Number six, Jock Peterson. Number seven, Eugenio Suarez. Number eight, Alec Thomas. Number nine, Geraldo Perdomo or Jordan Lawler. That's a pretty good lineup. That's a pretty damn good lineup. It's got speed at the bottom to turn the lineup card over. They've got big bats in the middle of the lineup. A little bit of a lack of speed in the middle of the lineup is a concern. You know, Moreno, Walker, Gurriel is not that is not all that fast. Jock Suarez. That's the only concern. And strikeouts, there's maybe some big swing and miss guys in the middle of that lineup. So I could almost see them, you know, potentially tinkering with it and maybe adding a speed guy at the five or six hole so that you can, you know, mix it up. But you got some big bats in that lineup now. And especially if you get internal development from Gabby Moreno, if you get some internal development from Alec Thomas and Perdomo at the plate, a couple of those guys start to really become solid offensively at the plate. Moreno to me is the one that could become a 15 home run, you know, up to maybe 20 home run type guy who hits 60, 70 RBIs. He could be, I could see a Gary Sanchez like offensive, you know, maybe not that good, but somewhere in that range and still being an all-star stud defensive catcher. Moreno's a stud. That's the next guy they they got to lock up. They got to get Gabby Moreno on a long-term deal. He's the catcher of the future. He should be here for a long time. He's a fan favorite, heart and soul of the team. He just has that ice in his veins type mentality. Like he goes out to the mound to calm the pitcher down. It just feels like, okay, this guy is really going to just get our pitcher. With Between Strom as the pitching coach and Moreno as the battery mate, you just feel good that our pitchers will calm down. You saw so many times they made in-game adjustments, little tweaks, little, you know, here's how you got to pitch this guy, and it worked out. So, you know, Strom hopefully will be in the desert a long time, but 
It wouldn't shock me if Brett Strom gets another contract somewhere else or even becomes a manager somewhere. Uh, he's just been incredible as a pitching coach. It'll be it'll be fascinating to see what happens. You know, we need to really keep an eye out on the San Francisco Giants in the NL West as they probably will sign some more players. I don't think they're done yet. Signing guys and the Giants will be a contender. I think the, the top three teams in the NL West are going to be the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, and then one of the Giants or Padres, the Rockies, I don't think have any shot to contend. So they'll be at fifth, most likely. I think you can take almost take that to the bank. The Rockies will be the fifth team in the NL West. And the Diamondbacks and Dodgers, I think, finish number one and two. Probably the Dodgers win the division again. The Diamondbacks hopefully get the wild card. Uh, I think there'll be 90-plus wins this year, especially with how much better the bullpen is. I just think this Do- Dodgers team, talent-wise, is such a juggernaut. Uh, you know, getting Otani and getting Yamamoto, uh, getting Glass now, getting um, Teoscar, you know, Hernandez, like they signed so many good players, the Dodgers. It's it's absurd. You know, they are going to lose J.D. Martinez, um, sure, and maybe, you know, a couple other guys, but they're they're stacked. So the Diamondbacks need to keep adding players. I would love to see them swing for the fences and try to sign Gary Sanchez as a backup catcher and a backup DH. That would be incredible because you'd add another big bat to this lineup and you would have all of the offense you needed really, I think to, to contend with the big boys, Gary Sanchez would be such a big bat to sign. He'd be, he'd be a killer pinch hit bat, a killer backup catcher and a killer backup designated hitter who could play 80 games probably, you know, between catcher and DH for at least 60, 70 games and give you a really good offensive threat. But I don't think they're going to do that. Probably not going to have the money. If they have the money to sign one more player, I'd probably go for another lights-out bullpen guy. The the most expensive bullpen piece I think you can add. I don't think you need another starter. It It couldn't hurt for depth, but I think there's some guys that can give you spot starts in the regular season. Slade Ciccone is a guy that comes to mind. <clears throat> as a guy that I think could help you, you know, do a spot start. You know, I think you could maybe call on Bryce Jarvis to give you a nice spot start. But the Diamondbacks, if they got one more big time reliever, you know, to help Saul Frank, to help Ginkle, Seawald, right? To help some of these guys. And and Bryce Jarvis, I think, and Dre Jamison. Dre's not going to pitch next year. He's out, I think, all year with Tommy John. But you know, can you get somebody, right? You had Thompson, Ginkle, Seawald, Saul Frank. Those are four, you know, Saul Frank was developing nicely. Can you get another guy? Can you have another arm in there that's really reliable? Justin Martinez is a young guy who's got a lo- an electric arm, but a lot of com- uh, command issues. Joe Mantiply was solid at times. I think that would be an interesting one. Could you get one more really big time um, bullpen arm? Because really, when you saw it, the most reliable arms in that pen, and they were really good, were Thompson, Ginkle, and Seawald. And Saul Frank at times had it. He was more of a six-inning guy. Um, you know, And Seawald in the World Series really started, the wheels started to come off a little bit. And I think just going forward, Ginkle should be the closer. So that's as I look at this upcoming season. I would like to see them really try Ginkle at closer. I think he's got the mentality for it. He's got the stuff. He was incredible in the postseason. So... It'll be interesting. You know, they, they're going to have to make some, you know, roster cuts. And I'm really curious to see, you know, does Rivera make this team? Does Jace Peterson make this team? I don't think Jace Peterson makes this team. I could see Rivera making it. He does make decent contact at times. You know, outfielders, though, another couple guys, like is Paven Smith going to make this team? I don't really see a role for him or a spot. 
Dominic Fletcher, Jorge Barosa, Jake McCarthy, young guys, right? I mean, these are young players. And Barosa could be a guy that people watch out for. He's small, he's, he's little, but he's got a little Altuve in his game. And Barosa might be an X factor in a year or two. Not maybe this year, but maybe in 2025, you might just see this. You might keep an eye out on this Jorge Barosa kid. Watch the film of how he hits. Um, and that and they have a lot of depth and a lot of talent in in the minors coming up with, you know, as of now, Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas, I don't think either of those guys are going anywhere for a long time in the outfield. And you got two spots right there. So the Diamondbacks might eventually trade, you know, a, a Dominic Fletcher, a Paven Smith, a Jake McCarthy, a Jorge Barosa. They might trade some of these guys to go upgrade their bullpen, to go potentially upgrade somewhere else. You never know, right? Or get get a first baseman of the future if you see somebody that's out there. You know, I'm just making the, these things up, but we'll have to see. The Dimebacks still have a lot of outfield depth and talent in the minors, and uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. So Diamondbacks, you know, pitchers and catchers report in two weeks, February 14th. Spring training will start really towards the end of February, going all through March. And the regular season is only two months away. We are two months away from baseball back in the Valley. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this Diamondbacks team play baseball. They play the right way. Lourdes Gurriel is back, which is just so fun to see. He's such a big fan favorite. I love that they kept him. Um, it just would have been the icing on the cake to get Jorge Soler, J.D. Martinez. One more huge impact bat, just a no-doubt bat would have been great. So we'll keep you updated, obviously, as we go into uh, spring training. Probably we'll do an episode in mid or late February after all of the signings have happened, any trades, anything else that's happened, any roster cuts. And then we'll do a season preview episode closer to the end of March where we really dive deep and we say how many wins, what are they going to end up at, World Series predictions go go through everything as teams are finally you know are finalized in March and then we can kind of give an idea of what we think the Diamondbacks will be. So this was uh, the episode tonight talking Diamondbacks, talking off season as it's getting close to wrapping up the Jock Peterson signing, where the Diamondbacks are. It'll be a fun 2024 2000 uh, you know season for the Diamondbacks. I'm excited to see how this goes and. Let us know, you know, on our social media, shoot us a message. If you're excited for the D-backs, if you're getting tickets, you're becoming a season ticket holder, you know, what do you think of the snakes and what do you want to see from us? Like always, thanks for listening on the Native AZ Sports Show. We appreciate you all very much and let's have a great 2024. Talk to you soon.